to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard there, Hi Jackalope, with Nardwar played my song. Hi Jackalope from Seattle, Washington, 90125. Thank you for sending that to me. Hi Jackalope, Nardwar played my song. And yes, I will play any song. Send me your songs and I will play your songs. Even if they're not your songs, I'll play the songs. Today in the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with 
with King Khan, who is playing the Commodore tonight with his band, The Shrines, and Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, who will be in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Thursday night at Celebrities doing a Love Affair style DJ set. Kevin Key and King Khan today on the Nardwadi Human Serviette Radio Show. If you have any questions for King Khan or for Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, feel free to phone in 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. Or email me, nardwar at nardwar.com. That's N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, nardwar at nardwar.com. Or go to Twitter, twitter.com slash nardwar and send me a tweet and I can ask the questions that you demand be asked to King Kong and Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy today. Together, well, sort of via phone, live on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. King Kong is playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. One of the tracks on his particular record that's been reissued is called Les Fils de Jacques Dutronc. And this is it right now on CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show.
and you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and an Ardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard Arthur Two-Stroke with the Wondersea World of Jacques Cousteau. And before that, we had King Kong and the Shrines with Les Fils de Jacques Dutranc. Today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, hopefully touch wood, an interview with King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, who are playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom, just waiting to connect to them, and also Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy. If anybody has any questions for either of those fellows, 604-822-247, UBCCITR, or email me, nardwar at nardwar.com, or Twitter, twitter.com slash nardwar. As we are waiting for King Kong of King Kong and the Shrines, last reported in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, racing towards Vancouver's Commodore Ballroom, we will hear a few more tracks from King Kong. 69 Faces, No Regrets, and Took My Lady Out to Dinner, and then hopefully then some King Kong. And then after that, some live Kevin Key of Skinny Pup. 604-822-247 UBCCITR if you have any questions also nardwarnardwar.com and twitter.com slash nardwar and here we go with some more King Con
You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Nardwarty Human Soviet Radio Show. And who do we have on the line right now? Hello, are you there, caller? Hello. Who are you? This is King Kong. King Kong, how the hell are you? I'm doing good. We're, we're driving through the mountains. And thank you for making the effort to phone in Nardwarty Human Soviet Radio Show. I was going to say, King Kong, right off the bat, you've come a long way in one year, haven't you, since I talked to you last? It's been going pretty good, yeah. It's been amazing. You've got the Sonics opening for you. You've got yes. the Sonics open for you. You played with the mummies. What was that like? The reunited mummies and King Kong and the barbecue show together. It was, it was great. It was, a, it was a lot of fun, very wild and, and spectacular. And you spectacular. And you vacationed in China as well. You've treated your family to some excitement. Yes. <laughs> how long? Did, how long did you go to China for, King Kong? Uh, it was two weeks in Shanghai. Now, the last time I talked to you, I interviewed you at the Red Room in Vancouver. Do you remember that at all, King Kong? I, I do. I do remember that. And I understand after that interview, you ended up sleeping in a park because you couldn't find a hotel room. I read this in Mongrel Fanzine. Mongrel Fanzine told me this. That's, yes, that's totally true. We, we all wound up sleeping in a park. Actually, it was really fun. We couldn't find a hotel because there was some kind of fire uh, where, where we were playing at, and apparently... Uh, yeah, we had to sleep in a, in this giant park. And, and we went to someone's house, and they wouldn't let us in. They changed their mind at the last moment. And what's really neat is you can pick up Mongrel Fanzine from Vancouver, BC, Canada, and see exclusive pictures from that night of you guys sleeping in the park. That has been oh. preserved. Hey, that's great. I don't know. That, I don't know. There was park pictures. So, King Kong, you're coming here to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tonight. Tonight to the Commodore Ballroom. How yes. did it go last night in Calgary? You're in Canada. You're back in Canada. I, I loved it. I, I haven't played this part of Canada ever. I mean, since the spaceship days. So, it's been really fun. How ca- Calgary was great. We played the boat and trailer shows like uh, I don't know, twelve years ago or something. How careful do you have to be being King Kong? I mean, it's such a wild show. Don't you get stuff slipped in your drink? Did somebody slip something in your drink in New Haven, Connecticut? Uh, someone did do that, yes. I How- think. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it was just uh, something in the air. But, yeah, I guess you have to be careful. Uh, do people slip a lot of stuff in your drinks and give you a lot of free drinks? Because you're King Kong. I mean, the party is going. They want you to party. I know. I, got, I have a lie detector People really want a piece of you, King Kong. We have a Twitter question for you. A Twitter question for wow. you. What's that? Okay. The Twitter question comes from Uptown Sound, and it says, King Kong, are you a ghost? <laughs> uh, no. No, not at all. King Kong, speaking to me live here to Nardwarty Human Serviette in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're playing tonight at Commodore Ballroom. Does it really cost $2,700 to get three stitches in the United States of America? Is it it's, that expensive? It does. It's crazy. I was really surprised. I thought that when they said twenty seven ninety, I thought they meant twenty seven bucks, but no, they meant two thousand seven hundred ninety bucks. And a heavy metal dude in Masto Dawn caused you twenty seven hundred dollars worth of damage. Right. And you thought it was a lot cheaper, so you didn't get but that they much money. Ended up with pure gold. How is your lip doing? How is is it totally healed? Great. Is, it's is great. It, yeah. The singing is going well. It's feeling good. And I was curious, Sir King Kong, I've been telling everyone about our conversation last year when you told me the benefits of staying in a Speedo bathing suit for the entire tour. What can you tell the people about that, and are you doing that? What's I've, the- cha- I've changed that, that policy. 
Well, I'd love that. What was the concept behind it? Because I've been telling other bands about this concept, but I can never quite explain it properly. What's the concept, King Kong? The concept is just, you know, keeping a tight package. I thought it's something to do about you don't ever have to change your underwear because you're wearing yeah, a bathing suit. Yeah, you do, suit. you do. You could, you could technically do it if, in the summertime and then, you know, just walk around everywhere in the, in the, the Speedo. And King Kong, speaking of barbecue, you know, the King Kong and barbecue show, etc. Right. On the road, has there been lots of good barbecue? Again, I saw some photos of you having some amazingly oh, yes. big barbecue. Where have you had the good barbecue? The best, the best one was in uh, this place called the Salt Lick. And that was uh, somewhere near Austin. What is and it like when you have that sort of barbecue? Is there lots of bones? What's the trick yeah. in ordering it? Um, I ordered a full rack. And King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, I also had a chance to interview Brandon Flowers of the band The Killers. The Killers! Okay. And he said he was into barbecue, so I brought him a King Kong and barbecue record. I gave him a King Kong and barbecue record. I actually gave him a King Kong and barbecue record. Does he have a record player? I don't know, but I actually did give it to him, so he oh, actually cool. has okay. one. Have you been, are King Kong and barbecue records popping up as convenient gifts? Do a lot of people give them as gifts? Oh, yeah, people? yeah, definitely. definitely. The, last, the, the last thing that we did was a, was a coloring book. Really? Which makes a great gift, yeah. What label was that on? On Fat Possum. What's the next thing going to be on? Is it going to be on Vice? Because you've had all these re-releases. Is it going to be something new coming out on Vice? Um... I know that me, me and Barbecue are going to have an album coming out towards the end of this year on In the Red. And I don't know. I, th- I guess we're supposed to put out another album. Hopefully we'll record it at the end of this year and sometime by next spring. The Shrines will have a new record, too. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines. I keep saying your name, King Kong. I notice I'm not saying King Kong this time. You hate I, that. I know. You I know. hate I that. I didn't hate it. I thought it was... Annoying. You hate that. Anyways, King Kong from <laughs> King Kong and the Shrines. Um, say your name over and over again, but there's some other people in the band. First off, what can you tell me about Freddy, the amazing keyboard player? When I saw you guys perform, he was soaking wet, I guess like you all are, but he jumping around. Is, he, yeah. he's in, what's his back? It's incredible. It's not just you, is it? Freddy is incredible on keyboards. He is. He, uh, actually, you know what's amazing is that we just thought that uh, his girlfriend moved into a haunted house in Paris. And uh, she called him on tour and told him that all the lights were flickering on and off. It was really scary style. And then, uh, so they looked up their address in Paris and they found out that uh, in the year 1600, this woman lived in the apartment and she was known as the uh, Empoisonneuse de Paris, which is the empoisoner of Paris. And she actually apparently killed tons of people by poisoning them, including her children, her parents, her neighbors, there were like tons of different family, and they finally caught her in the 1600s and executed her. And anyway, so she used to live in that house, and and since he's been here on tour, his girlfriend has been scared. Does that mean it's cheaper rent because it's so scary in that it house? It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they were wondering why it was cheap rent, and that's probably Ex- why. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You also have King Kong, Big John, John Big. What can you say about John Big, your drummer? Is it still the same drummer no, that I saw? John, John Boy Adonis. Yes. What, <laughs> Adonis. What can you say about him? Is it the same drummer that I saw? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, He's part mammoth. It's incredible, like this. The look. It, it, was he into metal bands? Because he looks metal. Do people think he's into he, heavy metal? He's into. He's like a. He's like a walking encyclopedia of, of of music. 
and into he, everything. And he again is European. He's, he's not really North into American. techno. He'll, he'll he'll dance at home to to Detroit. And how about Kristen, the secret weapon of King Kong and the Shrines, who is actually helping set up this interview? Tell me about Kristen. She is a lifer, isn't she? She's your tour manager. She yes. She's like a, a extension of my, of my back. How did you meet Kristen at all? From the KK Club. Where did that happen? Like, where did she meet them? I, we, we met in Atlanta. So she's from Atlanta? What's that? Is she from Atlanta? Yeah, actually, we usually base our tours out of there. And how is and how is Ron doing? You're, you're... Ron is doing great. He's not allowed to come in the country still. We have to do some. Actually, my brother just uh, wrote a letter to get Jared from the Black Lives permission to come to Canada, and now it's been approved. So I guess I'm going to have to try to get him to do that from for Ron Streeter also. Is your brother a lawyer? No, he's a doctor. And didn't Ron have to go to a dentist on this tour? I saw a picture that Kristen he had taken. He did have to go to the dentist. What was that for? <laughs> uh, it's really strange. We were parked at a hotel, and everyone went to the, up to the rooms, and Ron forgot something in the, in the van, and he went back down. And he says that when he went to open the door again, he slipped, and a car almost hit him, and then he smashed his face on the pavement. And then a wire stuck out of one of his teeth. Because he's, he's had quite a lot of work done on his teeth. How much was, was how much was that? Like the cost of stitches, two twenty seven hundred dollars. Uh, was the dentist cheaper? The dentist was cheaper. Yeah, the dentist was like, uh, I think how much was the dentist for Ron? Four hundred bucks. Something like that. So King Kong, you're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Who's opening? Is it Mr. Barbecue? Is Barbecue opening for King Kong and the Shrines? Yep, and uh, I don't know who else is playing. And but I, we've been and that was doing t- the whole tour together. And that's, and and that's Roy was on tour with us also. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering because Roy was Roy was in the space shits, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. He, sh- he kind of should have been. But he still but he continued. Because I guess that's what I was wondering. How would your previous band, the Space Shits, done opening for King Kong and the Shrines? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> no, I definitely. Like, how would have you done? Like, what did the spaceships done? Space Shits done okay opening up for King Kong, your previous band? I had uh, I had a dream that the Space Shits reunited and we opened up for Motorhead. And uh, it was really strange. Kong- Motorhead had tuxedos on, and they they had these chicken head masks. What's the closest you've got to Lemmy? Have you ever met Lemmy of Motorhead? I did. I hung out with him I, I, he, in the studio. He was recording a song for uh, the SpongeBob soundtrack, and I hung out with him all day in the studio. And uh, what studio? In Frankfurt. What was he doing uh, over there? Are they they're big big and he po- was, they, they were on tour and like they uh, and he had to stop off and record a one-off track for uh, for the SpongeBob soundtrack and I got to go meet him and hang out with him and watch him in the studio. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, winding up here. You're playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada tonight at the Commodore Ballroom. Did you go to Sun Ra's living room? What was that? Yes, I got to wear his hat, his turban. Where is that? that? Where is that? It's in Philadelphia. Is it a we, we became friends because we played in a, in a festival in Toronto together, and the orchestra was playing, and uh, some of their members came to our show and uh, and, hung, and played on stage with us and stuff. And, and then we had a big party at their uh, in their condominium, and they, they said that I could stay for the three days at their house on the couch. So I spent three days hanging out with them and... Uh, and they would come to our shows. It was it was really great. What sort and of neat so, what sort of neat tidbits? You you actually wore the turban. Yeah, I felt 
What's the, feeling. what's the difference between Sun Ra's house and Quintron's house? Because you've been to Quintron's house. You know what? It's and- kind of funny that they're, they're, they're a little bit similar, except Quintron's house is more um, moldy. What other sort of stuff does he have in there? Because he has sort of neat electronics, doesn't he, Quintron? Oh yeah, he's like uh, he's like he's like James Bond's like Q from James Bond. King Kong from King Kong in the shrines coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Lastly, here Crypt Records. Have you had any contact with Crypt Records? I'm still yes. amazed. I'm still amazed that they put out a single by you when they don't put out a single by anybody anymore. What's going on with I, them? I just uh, yeah, actually Tim Warren is going to be moving five blocks away from me in, in Berlin. He, uh, I was kind of uh, egging him on for a long time to, to get out of Brooklyn because it was kind of, you know, driving him crazy and uh, cool and crazy. And now he's going to move to to Berlin and, and start up the record label again, I think. How about In The Red Records and Red Mass? Are you able to connect the band Red Mass, who you love, to In The Red that, Records? Wow, that, that, would, that, that, would, that would seem pretty natural. I hope, I hope that could happen. Is there stuff happening with In The Red Records? Are you still in touch with them at all? Yes, yes. Our next record is going to be on that. We began the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show, King Kong, with the song Les Fils du Jacques Dutronc. What can you say about that particular song? That's what we began the segment um, your, in- your interview with. That's a song that we wrote a long time ago about like, uh, like someone, like a, a brown person being the, the child of Jacques Dutronc. I think Jacques Dutronc is one of the coolest people in the world, or was at least. And in the 60s, so... And then... Kind of like a tribute. And then after that, King Kong, I played 69 Faces of Love, and I faded that out a bit early. Does, does, does that happen to you? Do you get faded out early? Has there ever been a... Is, has there it, has been. Yeah, I, but not live, though. You've never been told to stop and then stopped? Or have you, what's the shortest oh, yeah, show? Well, that happened once in London. What the cops were coming. Uh, how many songs did you do? We did four. Do you offer refunds? Do you care about that stuff? Do you care about no, ticket prices we, and refunds and all that? Um, I guess I should start doing it now because it's a bit more, a bit more expensive uh, shows. But And lastly here, King Kong, what were you doing in Toronto at Encore Books selling books and ribs? What was that? Books oh, that and was, ribs. That was in Montreal. Oh, that was in Montreal. What was that yeah, all that about? that was a concept that me and Bloodshot Bill and Jeff Clark from the Demon's Clause, we had an idea to, uh, to open up a a rib joint across the street from this other rib joint. But uh, a friend of mine owned a bookstore where we wanted to open up our rib joint, so we decided to combine books and ribs. And we were serving ribs in books, and then you could rip out the pages and use them as Kleenex. Well, King Kong, thanks for phoning into the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show. Really appreciate it. And people should check out your show, because when I checked out your show last time at the Red Room, I got panties in my face. In my I face. I remember. Does that happen right. often? Panties in audience members' face? Because you, you, you return the favor, don't you? You chuck we it back. We share the pleasure. You chuck, sure. you chuck it back. <laughs> uh, right now we're going right to end with No Regrets and maybe a couple other songs, too. What can tell people about No Regrets and Took My Lady Out to Dinner and Cosmic Serenade. Ooh. Um, what can I say about, what, three of them together? Well, no regrets. I remember you played that at the Red Room. That was we a did. great we'll, one. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll be playing that again for sure tonight. Anything else you want to tell the people out there at All King Kong? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited, and I thoroughly enjoy the parks of Vancouver. And people can see you sleeping in parks in Vancouver if they yes. check out Mongrel Fanzine, done by Bob Scott. Bob Scott. 
Love Bob Scott. Bob Scott, shout out to Mongrel Fanzine. Exclusive pictures of King Kong sleeping in a park after they put on an amazing gig. Well, thanks so much, King Kong. Keep on rocking in a free world and do 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 Almost, King Kong. Almost. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
She's ugly, I really, really love her. Yeah, she's bad. She's ugly, I really, really love her. Yeah, she's bad. She's ugly, I really, really love her. Yeah, she's bad. She's ugly. Wow! You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, King Kong and the Shrines with Took My Lady Out to Dinner. And before that, No Regrets by King Kong and the Shrines. And King Kong and the Shrines are playing tonight at the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And right now, we have somebody on the line. Hello, are you there, caller? Is it 420? It is 415. Oh, probably 420 somewhere else. If the I'm clock, early. You, well, it's the perfect time to phone in. Thank you so much. And who are you? Uh, this is Kevin. Kevin Key. Yeah, Kevin Key calling. Kevin Key from what, though, Kevin? Are you Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy? What is the official Kevin Key rundown these days? Uh, yeah, Kevin Key, Skinny Puppy. Kevin Key from Vancouver. Kevin Key uh, Down the universe. Kevin Key from Download. Kevin Key from Download. What else is there? There's quite a bit of Kevin Keying, isn't there? Kevin Key from Tear Garden. Kevin Key from mm, Plateau. Kevin Key from Subconscious Studios. I don't know. There's many, I guess you could say there's many avenues. And, Kevin Key from Scaremeister now. And Kevin Key from The Love Affair. Kevin Key from The Love Affair, the grand old days. And next Thursday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, not at The Love Affair, but at Celebrities, you're going to be doing a DJ set. Kevin Key back in Vancouver, back at The Love Affair. Yep, full circle. That's where it all started, Nardwar. Well, you know what's really interesting? When you say it all started in Vancouver, it really did start in Vancouver, and it started for me, Kevin Key, because the first gig I ever went to in my life was on my birthday on July 5th, 1985, at the New York Theatre, which was headlined by... Skinny Puppy. Skinny Puppy and I Brain Eater at the yeah, New York... that's right. I remember that show. What do you remember exactly about that show? That was the first gig I ever went to. You were the first band I ever saw live, Skinny Puppy. That's incredible. 
I'm honored. Well, I'm dishonored that you actually played. It was incredible. Like, it was such a great gig at the New York Theater. That was a great place for gigs. They might be bringing back the New York Theater. It's been bought out, and they might be turning into a place to do gigs again. But when you were playing the New York Theater, what do you remember about playing New York Theater? How many times did you play there? And 85, what do you remember going on around that time, around July 1985? Well, I believe that was our first show we ever we ever really did that we had any production, and then we just sort of set a bunch of minds afloat in the community, uh, Dave Jackson and a bunch of people in a creative sense, and we showed up and they literally built a metal fortress on the stage, if you remember. I do. And we were using some very strange effects at that time, like a gooey duck and um, strange lit-up uh, metallic substances, and I, those things that I actually... I hadn't really expected um, to happen and had happened as a result of setting a bunch of, as I said, minds afloat. So it was a kind of collective of a bunch of uh, creative people just, just coming together all at once, and it, it made me realize that there was probably a scene in amongst all this. It was kind of, kind of a surprising day for me. <clears throat> What I find interesting also about that gig is local punk rock photographer Bev Davies took some photos at that gig, and I've seen those photos since, and she's described to me taking photos of you guys in Vancouver because she was into taking photos of punk people, that when she would go to other cities, she would see people that looked like you, and she would say, hey, those are skinny puppy people. Like, you guys were the first people to look that way in rock bands around North America. That's what she thought. Did people say that you resembled puppy people? Like, were you going to another town? Did you see people dressed up like yourself? Because she was saying when she saw people, it was like, what, you're copying skinny puppy? It was spreading like wildfire there. Yeah, I think at the, you know, around the same time, there was a scene in England called the Bat Cave, which was kind of starting. And I think Alien Sex Fiend came over and did a show in Vancouver right around that period. And we were realizing that they were coming down the same path, sort of. So we realized that there was a scene that was starting, and then the movie The Hunger had just come out, I remember that, and they had Bauhaus in it, and it was sort of featuring a more... We knew that the scene was about to... Something was about to happen with the scene at that moment. Kevin Keane of Skinny Puppy coming to Vancouver next Thursday night to yes. Celebrities for a DJ set. If anybody wants to speak to Kevin Key right now, it's 604-822-2487, UBCCITR. You can also email nardwar at nardwar.com, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R.com, or you can Twitter as well. Do you have Twitter at all, Kevin? Are you into Twitter? No, I'm not there yet. But if you are into Twitter, you can... You can, twit, you can tweet me a question to ask you, and it's, it's twitter.com slash nardwar. And actually, we got an email question right off the bat speaking about your appearances doing DJs, and it says, my first question to Kevin is, is there any chance of one of your DJ sets making its way to Toronto in the near future? And also, if you are still hoping to tour with Download in the near future, and that's from Bobcat from Toronto. Phil and I are working on new download right now. We're getting tons of offers to do lots of live shows, so we're going to try and arrange that, put, make that a reality this year. And as far as DJ sets are concerned, I'm getting tons of offers for DJ sets. This one that I'm doing in Vancouver is totally unique. It's a concept for the Love Affair. It's actually Stephen Gilmore and I, the original DJ from the Love Affair in the day, is going to be spinning with me. That's actually how we met. He's the guy that did all of our artwork and all of our graphics for all of Skinny Puppy. and uh, You know, he's become quite famous. And... He is going to return to the Wheels of Steel at the Love Affair, and we're going to do this conceptual show that's going to be all about a return to 1980. So get ready. 
for that one. But the rest of the DJ sets I'm doing are kind of like, obviously, more modern, and they feature the music more of Download and Plateau and so on. And I just booked an, uh, another show in Chicago, so it seems to be getting closer to Toronto, so that would probably answer your question there. And Bobcat was also wondering, Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, saw you with Skinny Puppy in Toronto in 2007, and no joke, it was one of the best-sounding shows I have ever heard. Love you guys, and can't wait to see Puppy again, plus the other stuff I mentioned, hopefully. All the best. And this is from Bobcat in Toronto. He's mentioning you playing in Toronto in 2007. In the media recently, I saw a reference to Skinny Puppy doing a show in 1985 at the Cat Club in New York City, and a person commented in Entertainment Weekly that it was the loudest show they ever heard. Do you, rem- <laughs> do you remember doing a real loud show in New York City, 1985, at the Cat Club, and how would that compare to loudness to the 2007 Skinny Puppy Toronto show? Well, you know... Um, we've always been known for loudness, I believe. Um, Dave Ogilvy has always been one to push the limits of all the sound systems we ever played, and um, we continue that tradition with uh, our man out front now, Mr. Ken Marshall. And I was told in the in Toronto at the Cool House where we played that there was the action, some, sometimes like 28 sub-bass bins, so I realized that the... the uh, the system was rather large that night, so yeah, it, it, it probably would have been rather loud. Now, Bobcat emailed again. Bobcat is on fire. 604-822-2487. 604-UBC-CITR if you have any questions for Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy. Appearing next Thursday night at Celebrities with Stephen Gilmore doing a DJ set. 604-822-2487 to phone in live. Nardwar at Nardwar.com or Twitter.com slash Nardwar. Bobcat was wondering... There, Kevin Key, about Nash the Slash. He said he saw Nash the Slash in Toronto, and Nash the Slash mentioned that when he played in Vancouver many years ago, he played with you guys. Do you remember that at all, Nash the Slash? Yeah, of course I remember Nash the Slash, and I've spoken with him many times. Um, we've never actually physically played together, but I mean, I believe we played close or nearby on the same bill one time. I mean, I've definitely attended a couple of his shows in the day. Oh, this is what he said. Sorry. Teenagers, I guess being you, told him that he was influenced to them, and these young guys turned out to be the ones in Skinny Puppy. So you must have told Nash Slash that you were going to form the Skinny Puppy, and you did. Uh, I, I must have. I, I mean, I definitely have met Nash Slash at one point, that's for sure. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, going back to the punk rock angle, I find it fascinating that Skinny Puppy were the first, the first Canadian band on Sub Pop Records. Yeah, that's right. You were on the Sub Pop 100 compilation, Church in Hell, and I think it's really neat how you've kind of held on to that all these years, Kevin, because years later, you got Spencer Eldon, the naked kid from the Nirvana cover, Sub Pop, etc., well, that was a Geffen release, but still Nirvana, to be on the cover of your Dragon Experience record. What can tell the people about that? You're getting Spencer Eldon, the Nirvana kid. Yeah, well, it turned out that my girlfriend is uh, is, a... was babysitting him for a while, and then we were watching him grow up, and when he, when he turned about seven years old, uh, we realized, you know, hey, you, he was talking about things, and, you know, we realized, hey, would you like to do that again? And he was like, yes. So we, we formulated the idea to do another cover, and now he's, um, he's, he's considerably older, and um, he's become quite, a, uh, quite an artist. I believe online you can uh, Google him, and you can see some of his new paintings. He's become like a, a junior Jim Cummings. Caller, are you there? Yeah, Arlar. Go ahead to Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, Hans. Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy. This is Hans von Klaus here. 
Listen, uh, it's a funny thing that Narwar said that's the first geek he ever saw live. You know, I came to Canada in 1986, and I was just so depressed because the radio is so fucked up, was in this town, so commercial, so bad. And then I just tuned into, uh, what was this, David Wisdom, like a night, night, night show. And the first thing I heard was a skinny puppy and David Sylvian. And I said, oh, well, maybe, maybe there's a hope for this town, you know, and... That was the first time I heard you, and that that I thought that's a cool thing, and I never heard you before. That was in what country? Uh, here in Vancouver, David Wisdom had he used to have a show at night. I think it was called Pearl, Pearl of Wisdom. It was called Nightlines. Oh, there, there you go, there you go. The caller was, uh, and you know, I you know, I just was look listen to the radio, and I was so much shit around, and. Then I hear this David Sylvian, and then I hear Skinny Puppy. I didn't know who uh, that was, his Skinny Puppy. But, you know, I, that was something that I really like. And I said, well, maybe there is a hope. Maybe there's finally some good radio. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I hear you guys on CITR, and that thing started from there. So thank you, Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy, for, you know, giving hope to Radio Waves. Hey, thank you. Well, thanks so much, Hans, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. I have one more question. Oh, you have another question, Hans. Go ahead. Okay. Well, if you had a pick between the Smiths and Joy Division, what was your pick? Say that again. I can barely hear you. Uh, what do you like better, the Smiths or Joy Division, Hans said? Oh, there's just no question it's Joy Division. Well, there is a question, but, I, uh, you know, I, well, okay, well, okay, it's your pick. I mean, Joy Division is one of those bands, the first time you ever heard it, it, ch- it actually made you go home and throw away half your records. Or you got that right. And you know, the Ian Curtis died on 29 years ago, three days ago. Well, yes. that's, you know, I mean, something that I don't actually pay attention to, but it's certainly always a sad loss. Well, I just coincidence, but well, thanks for your pick. Well, thanks so much, Hans Klaus, and do-do-do-do-do. Well, not do Hans von Klaus. Hans von Klaus. Do, no, do, Hans von Klaus. Do 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 do. Do do. All right, thank you. And if anybody else has any questions for Kevin Key, Kevin Key is coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Thursday night. Next Thursday night, two celebrities for a love affair DJ night. Now the it is six zero four eight two 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 four eight seven Nardwar Nardwar dot com or Twitter dot com slash Nardwar. And Kevin, speaking of CITR, the caller mentioned CITR. I have to ask you, CITR's program guides called Discorder still is called Discorder was called Discorder. You guys mailed some shit to CITR after a bad review. View. Do you remember that at all? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes, I do. What was the review that prompted that? I think it was something that Mark Machette had written. I-, I thought it was really neat how you mailed shit, and then the letter was published on a brown-stained piece of paper when Discorder printed the letter. I was curious, whose shit was it that you sent? <laughs> it was my cat. <laughs> My cat, it was fresh, too, just like I, I left the letter in the litter box for a while, and the cat did it, and uh, just, just it was um, very appropriate at the time. <clears throat> I think, like, if anyone from that era rem- can recall, there was a little bit of a little bit vendetta going on between Mark and Skinny Puppy, and it became kind of like a public, very public-type battle in a weird type of way, and it was it was kind of funny, you know. It it it, it did become sort of more of a Lucy Lucy and Desi type fight, but I don't know. It it, it sort of made it made it 
I think all the better in the end. Well, we're talking about it today, and I guess I was curious, did you send shit anywhere else? Was Mark Machette of Discorder the only person that got it? <laughs> no, but he was the sole individual, the, the only recipient ever to receive my cat's glorious shit. And we have a caller. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hi, Nardwar. Go ahead to Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy Caller. Hi, Kevin. Uh, big fan. Um, uh, just a couple questions, actually. I uh, wondered if you checked out the Throbbing Gristle reunion at all, anywhere in North America. Oh, I was in Japan at that time, unfortunately. Have you heard the new record at all? A new Throbbing Gristle? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was one. Oh, well, we happen to have one at CITR, actually. Um, also, can you give us a little sneak preview of what the set's going to be on Thursday? Old, it's all old school. It's just, we're we're going to take you back in time to the time when you would walk into the club between 1980 and 1984. So is there a conflict of interest? Will we hear any Skinny Puppy at all? Did Skinny Puppy exist during that? Well, that's true, but I mean, like, what would you say that, I mean, do you think there would be fans that would be disappointed that they wouldn't hear any? No, but the answer is yes, we did exist during that era, so you may hear some. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, any other questions? No, thanks, man. Well, thanks so much, and do 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 And we have another caller. Hello, caller, are you there? Hey, yeah, I just want to know what happened to Nivik Ogre. Did you get... What happened to him? He's currently residing here in Los Angeles, California, and working on the new Skinny Puppy vocalizing. Right on, right on. And you, if you want to know what happened to Kevin Key, check out Celebrities. Next Thursday night, caller, Kevin yeah. Key's doing How a DJ set. How much is that going to cost? $750,000. <laughs> well, any other questions at all, caller? No, no, no. Well, thanks so much, and do 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 loot do 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 now, the caller was wondering about Nivik Ogre, and we actually have another tweet question kind of relating to that, Kevin Key. This is Kevin Key of Skinny Pepper speaking to. It's Filmbug, and Filmbug was wondering, I'd like to know if Kevin Key would also do more film work, if offered, like Ogre is doing film work. And rest in peace, A-Duck. Who wouldn't? I mean, uh, if you're given an opportunity to be creative and have it, you know, captured by a bunch of like-minded individuals who want to turn it into some sort of art form. I think that's a great, great way to spend your life. So the answer would be yes. And we have another tweet question from GC Records. This is to Kevin Key. And it says, is the title of the Skinny Puppy album read Vivisect VI or is it Vivisect 6? Vivisect 6 would be the answer. And we have one last one here. We have from Docta, and a question says... Dear Kevin Key, what would you change about the music industry? Well, there's a lot of things that we'll look back upon and say, well, gee, that wasn't a fair period, and that wasn't a fair period. But slowly but surely, hopefully we will get there. There's not many things you can change about a system that's already carved into stone. I would say that over the years, you've had tremendous support from fans and also other organizations. Is it true that the Winnipeg National Ballet used Blood in the Wall, one of your tunes, for a number? Like they choreographed one of your songs, Skinny Puppy, and the Winnipeg National Ballet? Yeah, Brian McDonald was a choreographer for that. It actually played at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. And they actually also featured that song, God's Gift Maggot. Did you get a lot of mail from troops during Gulf Wars and stuff? I understood yes. that you did. What was that like in that time? Because people would actually be writing the letters. It wasn't like email, was it? No, it's coming from the battlefield, because you can tell it has a uh, lo- locale that's been delivered by a general bag, mail bag that comes in and out of Iraq. 
Were there a lot? Were there a lot of people following you from gigs to gigs at that time? Like I know there was a girl called Jessica that followed you on the Too Dark Park tour. I don't know if you remember her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to call her Blue. Um, yeah, no. Many, many people have followed the tours. Um, um, not if, as many as say Grateful Dead, but but certainly enough to to recall uh, that it happens on every tour, even still. Whatever happened to Blue, and why did you call her Blue? Have you seen her at all since? Oh, she had blue hair. Uh, basically, um, we I think we saw her on the last tour at one of the shows um, where she appeared. And the time before that, I think she was working in Chicago at the, at the Metro Record Store. We saw her in there, too. Who knows where Blue is now? Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming to Celebrities next Thursday night with Stephen Gilmore doing a DJ set in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I mentioned the shit CITR incident, but connecting that all together is the artist known as Blowfly. Are you familiar with the legendary 60s, 90s rapper, 2000, 21st century rapper Blowfly at all? Yeah, from Miami? Yes, exactly. He's from Miami. He has a song called Shittin' on the Docketed Bay, named after Otis Redding, Sittin' on the Docketed Bay. And he actually collaborates with Otto Von... Chirac. Chirac. And what can you say about Otto Von Chirac? Because you're collaborating with him as well. Otto Von Chirac, Shittin' on the Bay, Blowfly, Skinny Puppy, Shit, all together. What's going on with Otto in Miami there? (laughs) He's like a brother from another mother. And it's a... It was very nice to, I don't know, wander the earth for quite some time, not feeling like connection to a person much like I had from my dearly departed friends, uh, Dwayne Gettle and Al Nelson. There was a bit of a sense of humor that we had that I dearly miss, and I ran into Otto von Schrock one day, and he just is a, just, a con, just another tentacle of this, of this family. So he's pulled us all into the Miami framework with the whole Miami base and the blowfly and the whole... Uh, the, the whole the whole scene down there, and basically integra- somehow integrated us into believing that we should pay attention to this part of the world. So yeah, there's that definite collaborative effort going on now between Otto and I and future projects. Do you think that might end up on a Skinny Puppy record then? Because then you could maybe have Blowfly on a Skinny Puppy record. Yeah, actually, Otto has been on the last two uh, records playing on a couple of songs already. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Thursday doing a DJ set with Stephen Gilmore. We have a tweet question for you, and it says, Kevin Key, what is your relationship with the band Thought Industry? Do you remember the band Thought Industry at all? Yeah, they were a band that played with us on one of the tours, uh, Dustin... Dustin Donaldson. Yeah, I remember him while the drummer, he went on to being called uh, Scissor Man or something. He's in a band called I Am Spoonbender? Spoonbender, that's it. I knew it had something to do with kitchen appliances. So he was opening up for you guys, like Thought Industry opened up for you guys? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess that's probably sometime in the last rights tour. And this question came from Lucky Come Hawaii. So Lucky Come Hawaii, there's the answer. And Dustin, yes, I am Spoonbender. And believe it or not, there's a Vancouver connection because Cup Awada, Robin Cup Awada from that band, is from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, right. and was at CITR. Right, right. So it all comes back. Small world. Now, coming back to Vancouver again, and of course you're coming to Vancouver next Thursday night to the celebrities there, Kevin Key, your early life did you begin as a buggy boy at Safeway in North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Actually, I was one of the first male cashiers at a, at a uh, Safeway testing store. In North Van? Yeah, 13th and Lonsdale. Go say hi from Kevin from Skinny Puppy to all the people up there. Maybe there's going to be a remnant.
And no, it was a Safeway testing store. I think that store is still there. How was it a Safeway testing store? That sounds they, very skinny puppyish, doesn't it? Testing store. Yeah, they used to um, like try out things for the first time there. So the first scanners and and all the first little gadgets that Safeway was trying out. And then, of course, in the day they did, there was never mail cashiers. So um, they just said, "Okay, we're putting you on the cashier and never let me out." And so th- I spent three years doing that. Actually, that's actually how I first met Ogre. Really? Did he come into Safeway? He came into yeah, Northland? Yeah, he came through my line. <laughs> really? Yeah, and then my first conversation with him uh, outside of Safeway when I actually was speaking to him downtown was, I'm your Safeway cashier. That's amazing that North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada has such an important role in Skinny Puppy. Thank you, North Vancouver. Yeah, thank you, North Van. I was born and raised there. At your first local gig, what was your first local gig that you actually attended, Kevin Key, growing up? Like your first local band that you saw? Like what local Vancouver bands did you see before you ended up joining Images and Vogue? Like did you see any local Images and Vogue type bands before you joined Images? What local bands were you into? Were you into the Vancouver punk scene? Yeah, I mean, luckily I had a friend from England that uh, was in my English class that kept on saying, we're going to go out this weekend and we're going to see the first, like, I think I saw the first DOA show and then, and then several, uh, after that, it was just every weekend we were at the Smiling Buddha pretty much. And that's how I met Al Nelson. And we, we were basically pretty, pretty on top of that. And, and then I saw, you know, um, E, I used to go to, you know, Art Bergman and Glenn Nelson and E, that was probably a very early version of an electro prog fusion band of Vancouver. They were great, weren't they? Really, yeah, they were. You know, I mean, the the Vancouver scene. DOA was probably one of the greatest things I've still ever seen in my life. I, mean, I equate it to an atomic bomb blow, exploding on stage. Um, Chuck Biscus is still one of the greatest drummers I've ever seen. Have you ever so, seen him in L.A. at all? Because he's kind of in L.A., California. Have you seen any of the, him in L.A. ever? Did you ever see him after DOA? Yeah, actually, I ran into him, and he's the drummer of Danzig, few, uh, probably 15 years ago. But I haven't seen him since then. Caller, are you there? Go ahead to Kevin Key. Yes, hi, Nardboard. How you doing? Go, yeah, go, go ahead. Hey, um, uh, you just said Images Invoked. Did you happen to open for Roxy Music, like in the 80s or something like that? Yes, we did. Twice uh, we were on the Avalon Tour opening in Edmonton and the Edmonton Coliseum and also in Vancouver at the Pacific Coliseum. That's right. You know, I, I that you totally just flashed back and I remember seeing that. Uh, uh, coming in and thinking, who the hell are these guys? They're so fantastic. And the Roxy music was actually so-so. But I think your um, um, oh, the singer had a, had a really bad cold. But anyway, you guys were fantastic. And thanks a lot, Nardwide. Excellent show. Well, thank you. His pants also split open during the performance, from what oh. I can recall. Really? And what did, uh, do I do? That was Dale, right? Your lead yeah, singer? Yeah, Dale's pants, yeah. Now, the caller was asking about Roxy music. What lineup of Roxy Music was that? There was no Eno at that time, was there? No, it was the, it was the Avalon tour. So it was like Ferry, um, Manzera, and uh, McKay, and um, Andy Newmark on drums. And uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, I, I have to say, it was the, one of the greatest sounding shows in a, in a coliseum that I still have ever heard. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming to Vancouver next Thursday night to Celebrities. Images of Vogue also played with Depeche Mode. Where did that happen? How many gigs did you do and what era of Depeche Mode was that? Uh, we played with them a couple of times. Um, once at the very first tour they ever did where they actually just had a tape deck on stage and then one guy had a Moog source keyboard and then four microphones. That was at the Commodore Ballroom, I believe, sometime in 1981. Have you... 
Sorry? In Toronto, we also played with them um, again, and that was probably sometime around 83, I'm guessing. Did you ever play with them with Skinny Puppy at all in any giant festival bills, or did they remember you from Images in Vogue at all? You know, uh, Skinny Puppy did not play with, uh, with Depeche Mode, no. I would have thought in one of those giant European festivals you might have played with them or something mm. like that. Not so far, no. Craftwork, um, which was probably, you know, one of my... I mean, I love the gig poster. It's like Kraftwerk, um, Skinny Puppy, and <laughs> it was a giant show in Sweden, so it was, like, very unusual. What year was this? Was this a more recent show? Yeah, this was just uh, in 2004, I believe it was, the Greater Wrong and the Right Tour. And that's when, like, Kraftwerk came out and they had, like, laptops right in front of them, and at the very yep. end, it had robots come out for them or something? Yeah, it's the same tour they've actually been doing for about the last four years now. They've... Uh... They've been, they've, been, they've been pretty active lately. So you had Terry McBride as a manager for a while. Did Skinny Puppy ever get managed by Terry McBride? Yes, of course, right? Yes, Terry uh, also, you know, started Network and was, was very instrumental in probably helping the whole, the whole Vancouver scene rise up. Because I was thinking before Terry, there was Kim Clark Chapness. He was your manager. The manager. Yeah, he's a wonderful guy, Kim Clark Chapness. I miss him. Because he also managed a local band called The Fourth Floor. Do you remember them from West Vancouver, BC, sure. Canada? Sure. They were like one of the bands that was severely influenced by you, I think, maybe. Well, or maybe not, but they definitely paved their own way. They were really good. And I guess what I was curious about was the influence of Skinny Puppy there, Kevin Key. It seems to still be everywhere. I interviewed a band a couple weeks ago called Abe Vagoda. They're from Los Angeles, where you're living right now. And they were talking about their Skinny Puppy t-shirts. And I've seen Skinny Puppy t-shirts everywhere. How come there were so many Skinny Puppy t-shirts? Is that because you guys sold a lot of shirts, i.e., you you didn't just sell one shirt, you sold a lot of designs. Like a kid would go to a gig and have to buy all nine of the designs. <laughs> yeah, that does happen with us. Uh, if we have eight shirts, some people have to seemingly buy all eight. Were you one of the first bands to do that, to have like nine different styles <laughs> of t-shirts? In the, on the Two Dark Park tour, I think uh, that, was, that was a pretty new idea. Uh, we had 12 different types of shirts. And uh, yeah, I think that that was a pretty different idea at that time. Because basically, skinny puppy shirts are like the ultimate symbol of cool undergroundness in the mid to late 80s and still are. Like, it's still continuing on. Who have you seen wearing skinny puppy shirts? Um, it, yeah, it just has been surprising as to where they've actually been. Where I mean, I, they show up everywhere. But, you know, the person that really has to get credit for designing what could be considered an all-time classic thing is Jim Cummings. I mean, I Brain Eater was a guy that I knew was going to nail a T-shirt design that would become like something that would be very, very symbolic and iconic. And to this day, people like you know that's what they covet this: the Two Dark Park Live shirt or the uh, Last Ride shirt. Like it's like you know a piece of artwork. And so I, I really think that. I've heard a trillion stories about T-shirts, i got to say, about them. People like, talk about them like they're alive, so it's kind of funny. We have a question here from Archie Crisis, and it says, Kevin, why hasn't Skinny Puppy played a Vancouver show since reuniting? Um, technically, it just hasn't worked out for us. Um, there's been no, no other reason other than just when the tour gets booked by our agent and how it gets done and... There just ha- it hasn't technically worked out. Maybe we haven't linked with the right promoter, or maybe we didn't. Because um, last tour we didn't even play in Seattle, so there was like some. Route- There's always been a routing issue, but I think we've got that taken care of now. And I can honestly say, if I don't see Vancouver show up on the next 
path that I will make sure that it does show up. And if anybody has any more questions, winding up here with Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy, it's 604-822-247, 604-UBCCITR, Nardwar.com, Twitter.com slash Nardwar, or actually see Kevin next Thursday night. You're going to be doing an autograph session, too, at Celebrities, when you're going to be doing a DJ set, too, right? That's right. We will be there, and we will be ready. To answer all sorts of questions, such as from Exile Alajai, who asks, question for Kevin. I know Scaremeister is mainly for movies and such, but will we, the public, hear any material soon released publicly? Yeah, as a matter of fact, it's already been used in Quentin Tarantino's new uh, advertisement for the film Inglorious Bastards with Brad Pitt screaming over it. I was very happy about that. It's been used in the new Transformers 2. It's been used in the new My Bloody Valentine 3D. It's been used in several other films. And you're hearing it, but you're just subliminally not knowing it's Scaremeister. <laughs> and in the future, we intend on releasing these products, uh, say, within... We have to give the film industry a year so that they can have it first, and then after that we can release it. But they're, they're, the first set is done, and it's on, on its way... Uh, uh, probably into the second or third month of release now to the film industry, so it's doing well. And the second question, which I think you might have answered, are you still aiming for an October release, an October release for the new Skinny Puppy album? Yes, the answer is yes, October release we are aiming for and tour for Skinny Puppy. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming to Vancouver, British Columbia next Thursday night. That's 604 If you have any questions for Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, T-shirt sales I was talking about. Are there any new Skinny Puppy shirts? Like, are you recreating any of the old designs? Are there bootlegs out there? There must be. Again, they're everywhere. Do you have so many new creating old designs? What do you do with the T-shirts? Do you just do it in a back lot? Or how do you do the T-shirts? <laughs> well, right now we've had a T-shirt company doing trying to keep up with all this. And uh, they've, they've done the last two tours. And um, right now we're just trying to figure figure out how to do it. We've always realized that when we do it ourselves, it turns out, the best for how we like things and so we're contemplating for this next tour in october of, of revamping our whole line and make making a new run of like what could be seen as maybe a new a whole new wave of a uh, skinny puppy kevin key of skinny puppy did skinny puppy t-shirts keep network records going in the early years t-shirts i don't know about but definitely cd sales i thought it was the t-shirts that really kept skinny puppy you know skinny puppy's t-shirt sales really kept network going well, you know, that's something that maybe Terry and I sit down one day and have a beer about. I don't really know too much about that side right now. We were so young and naive. We're definitely victims of signing what I consider to be, you know, one of those world's worst contracts. And I think, like, what's kind of sad is that, you know, as a victim of, of not studying and getting a lawyer and, and making sure we didn't have a contract that had about a bunch of these, like, forever clauses and so on, we, we sort of fell into this situation. So we, what we tried to do is let bygones be bygones and let the water go into the bridge and just, like, let that go and, like, you know, move on. And I think that for now I know that, like, for the first, you know, seven years of Networks thing, and they were devoted to the underground and electronics and, and really, really supported it well. And then obviously when Sarah came along, that there was a, a, a really good need to focus on a new style of music, and I believe they probably did the, the, the right thing at the time. And then later, we're, we've just sort of learned, you know, everyone learns in, in retrospect, you know, how you maybe could have done it better or what, what you maybe should have investigated or looked into. And so maybe there's a big story here underneath, but I don't really know what the, what the actual truth of the matter might be. But 
it's a mystery. Have you talked to Terry at all recently or in the past little while? Do you ever talk to him? Well, unfortunately, I tried to extend a communication to network and be on a, you know, on a familiar, friendly level. But for some reason, um, we just we just don't speak very often. I mean, it's very very uncommon to receive any communication from from them in any way. So I really I really don't know why. I, I haven't you know really been in Vancouver a lot for about nine years, so I can't really say that it's it's you know it's. A, it's something that I should, maybe should go down and visit or something, but we'll see. Well, maybe next Thursday when you come yeah. to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Two celebrities doing a love affair DJ set. We're speaking here to Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, winding up. Any questions? 604-822-247, Nardwar at Nardwar.com, Twitter.com slash Nardwar. Now, speaking of Terry and stuff, he's kind of branching some interesting things. He has like some yoga studios now. Do you know that he's into yoga now? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's got some yoga studios that he's running. And also, you know, he's been managing the Bare Naked Ladies and stuff. They have their own ice cream. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't hear about that. There's the Ben and Jerry's ice cream. If I had a million dollars, Ben and Jerry's have named an ice cream after the Bare Naked Ladies. And I guess I was just thinking back, were Skinny Puppy ever asked to endorse any products? You know, diet food, pet food, anything like that? <laughs> No, I don't think Terry was actually thinking that far ahead. I believe if he possibly was, I mean, I think Terry has a really good business sense, and that's probably Terry thinking thinking really, really well for them. Uh, I think that you know, Skinny Puppy definitely could have been marketed to many different avenues, but we just remained in the music department. (laughs) Caller, are you there? Yeah. Go ahead to Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy. Hey, Kevin. uh, Good to talk to you. Hope things are good in L.A. Uh, Question: Major early influences you say more the british punk scene or more the uh, the la kind of scene or even new york to throw that in well i mean at certain times you go through certain periods and you know it's a growing thing the first concert i ever saw was the in quad at pacific coliseum emerson lake and palmer i think that was like 1975 or 76 and they, they squeezed like 26,000 people in there and there was people smoking so much pot that you couldn't even see the scoreboard what a great concert that was had my T-shirt over my face the whole time, and I was I was like only 13 years old, so I could say that was a pretty huge influence to see a band tripping out like on the first show that I ever saw. Hey, Nardwar, ring a bell there. Exactly, July 5th, 1985, the first show go. I ever saw. Linking yeah. all together. Any other questions at all, caller? Uh, yeah, uh, best early show on record in your mind that really sticks out. Influential-wise. Well, July 5th, 1985, the show they played for me, <laughs> obviously. Uh, oh, I didn't even remember it, too. Good. <laughs> uh, David Bowie at the Pacific Coliseum Station to Station Tour had an idea that he wanted Kraftwerk as their opening act, and, and they couldn't make it, so instead he played the album Radioactivity at, like, as though they were their level and showed Salvador Valleys and Shendaloo on a screen and that was it for me. I, I just practically pooed myself. Where was that, and what year would have that been? 76, Station to Station Tour, Pacific Coliseum, Vancouver, Canada. Well, thanks so much, caller, and doot-doot-a-loot-doo. Doot-doot. And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Somebody emailed in, a John, saying, what is the story behind the Expo 86 gig? Did you play Expo 86? Because I know Einstein Neubotten played Expo 86. I don't remember you. Did you play Expo 86? Well, the reason that Einstein Zendi Neubotten and Test Department played at Expo 86 is because both Kevin Ogilvie and myself 
actually worked behind the scenes in the entertainment division of Expo 86 for the duration of that festival with uh, Myra Davies and David Hauka. Basically, we sort of slipped in a couple of very modern acts, and the intention was to have a Vancouver week to follow it up. And Slow, the lovely band Slow, which I, I actually very, very, I love Tom and I love Ham, and, and, and you, you know, actually... I, I, really, I really love these guys. They came on and they decided they were going to play, I believe it was BC Day, and they decided to pull their pants down, and I believe Tom urinated on the stage, and that was it. The festival, the festival for the whole rest of the week was shut down, and Skinny Puppy had intended on playing at the end of that week. So we did have a huge show planned, a very huge, probably the hugest show that we had ever planned um, along the, uh, the guise of the uh, Expo 86 um, production crew that had worked with us throughout the entire time. Each person had an expertise. We had one guy that was a, you know, a bomb specialist. We had one person that was props, and we had pe- people There was going to be like 15 dogs and 25 people. You know, it was a really big show, and so basically it would be the show that never happened that went down, that never went down. And there was no hard feelings towards Slow or Ham, because Ham turned up in a band, Tank Hog, who you took on tour with you for the Two Dark Park tour. Yeah, we love Tom, and we love Ham, and we love all, all those guys. However, it was kind of interesting for Tank Hog opening up for you guys on that tour, possibly one of your biggest tours ever, because didn't Shane of Tank Hog get stabbed in the ass at one of your gigs in Miami? Yeah, he did, and uh, it, it kind of uh, flavored that whole evening. Everyone was, was running around kind of frightened that we were all going to get murdered. What was that particular tour like? That was the tour when like Ogre would come out on stilts and stuff like that. That was really neat, wasn't it? What were those stilts? I believe they were painter's stilts that he had adapted in some way. Uh, a friend of uh, his in Vancouver, I'm trying to remember the name right now, who's a hydraulic specialist, basically developed um, some painter arms that had hydraulic controls, and so he could become like a, a spider-type creature. And he used to do, yeah, he used to become several creatures during... Well, many of the shows Ogre has liked to become creatures. And I said it was a big tour, and of course, you're touring up here to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada next Thursday night to celebrities yeah, night. doing the love affair thing. You actually had semis on that tour, didn't you? Skinny puppy <laughs> and semis, like big semis, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. On that particular tour that was going on and going back and forth, you had Sarah McLaughlin's road manager as your road manager. But this is before Sarah McLaughlin got this road manager. Did the Sarah McLaughlin road manager give up on the Skinny Puppy tour and then go to Sarah because it was a bit easier? No, he was hired uh, logically because he did just such a good job with Skinny Puppy that obviously he would work his way up within that, the framework of that company. Did you ever party with the Grapes of Wrath or Sarah McLaughlin in those early network days at all, Kevin Key? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Sarah, as a matter of fact, how she actually met Network was our catering girl when we first played in Halifax and she passed a demo tape on to Mark Jowett. That was the ground zero. You created the monster that is Sarah McLaughlin then, their skinny puppy indirectly, wasn't it? Or her cooking skills. Baboom, and you are Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming to Vancouver Bridge Club McKenna. And we have an email question here from Michael and Jim in Portland, Oregon. And they're asking you, could you give us some new information about the sound slash style and release date for the new Skinny Puppy album? Well, I can only say that each time I try and do something different and try and change up the way that things are being made, and I guess I'll give props to a good company right now called Renoise. Uh, it's, a new, it's a sequencer that's kind of known as a tracker, and I can say that I actually think I wrote probably a better part of this album using this sequencer, which is kind of different 
than if you are regularly using other sequencers like Logic or Ableton or any of the other things that I've been known to use throughout the past. Um, it, it has created for me a different sound, and so I'm just kind of happy to always be experimenting. And so from my angle, that's probably what I could answer. And like I say, we're on track for October. Do you still have a PCM digital delay lexicon? Yeah, PCM 41, one of the greatest digital delays ever made. How close have you come to losing that? Or have you ever lost it? Or how many have you bought? Well, we've gone through two, uh, two or three. I have one that I now don't travel with because they can get broken pretty easily. And, um, yeah, many people have asked, like, what is the sound of Skinny Puppy, would you say, with the thing that probably was the, the you know, one of the, the original ingredients, the salt or the pepper. And, and I definitely say the lexicon PCM41 is a very important place in Skinny Puppy's history. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy, I was just curious about Chud. You guys getting arrested for operating on a stuffed animal. How did that happen? How could you get arrested for operating on a stuffed animal? I don't know. I, I actually thought that night was like some sort of weird bad dream because it, nothing logical made sense that night. You could explain something, and it was like, put your hands out, asshole. What? Uh, but you don't understand. Shut up. Get on the floor. What? Oh, what? <laughs> and when we were taken through the crowd, the comments that those Cincinnati police officers made were the, were the equivalent of what I heard to be some of the most discriminating racist comments I'd ever heard. And after that, I actually heard that Cincinnati was kind of like, in a weird way, it's kind of like, you know, a corrupt underground sort of force running their police department, I heard, and has since been changed. But maybe someone out there who's listening in Cincinnati might be able to know exactly what I'm talking about during that time period. It was pretty crazy. Chud was really important, wasn't he? Chud for Skinny Puppy. Like, you lost Chud. What was Chud for people who don't know? It was a stuffed ant. It was important. Like, you lost Chud and had to get Chud back. Yeah, the movie, the, there's a movie based on, there should be a movie based on the night that Chud was stolen from the St. Andrews Hall in Detroit, which is actually the location where Eminem was starting hit out just downstairs, his whole thing around, just, just around a little bit after, probably weird, it's in that same locale, so anyways, Chud was stolen from the venue, and he was an important part of the show, it was like a custom-built thing, dog creature that Ogre used to do a simulated vivisect type of experiment on, but to express to people that this was happening, and um, we somehow got a one-word clue as to who might have taken the dog, but we didn't know the name. And anyways, throughout the entire night, uh, driving back and forth through the whole eight-mile region, uh, six hours later, we ended up getting the dog back and getting it back from the person and from their car out in front of their house and then getting it back to the bus. Just as the bus was about to leave, got on the bus, slept, got up, went and did the show in Cincinnati, and then the police came backstage and wanted to know about the dog. And then that's why we were like, wait, wait, what do you want to know about the dog? (laughs) It took us all night to just get this dog back. First, what do you want to know? And so that's why I think it it got really, like, blown into another world, a whole other story. Kevin Key from Skinny Puppy, lastly, you're coming to Vancouver next Thursday night, two celebrities, as part of a Love Affair DJ set. We should get that clear. It's not Skinny Puppy playing. It's Kevin Key and Stephen R. Gilmore doing a DJ set at Celebrities. Right, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, basically, Stephen and I, that's how we met. That's basically how basically a lot of us met in Vancouver was through this club. The music, when you'd walk in, would be something that you hit you full frontal 
brain lobotomy, and you'd have, you'd have to run to the DJ booth and be like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? So it was very instrumental to us, and what we want to do is, is reach out and play some music that we feel qualifies as being called a classic love affair song. You mentioned a bit about police and stuff there. Just lastly, lastly, lastly here, Kevin Key, thanks for time here live on the Nerdwater Human Serviette Radio Show. What about visuals? Your visuals of Skinny Puppy were amazing. What was that visual that you had of, like, high-impact head injuries on apes? That was an amazing movie. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, certain people have gone above and beyond to display visuals uh, with, with Puppy in a sense as part of the whole impact. And, you know, I think Gary Smith was responsible for that tour, uh, a guy who was, uh, has gone on to be, you know, an assistant director in many films made in Vancouver, also previously in Images in Vogue. Um, nowadays we're working with Tim Hill, another Vancouverite, who is also like a psychedelic classic genius visualist. And I just think that the visual artists always should be given as much credit as anybody else. They're really, really traveling traveling um, people that are partaking in the show in the same way as, as, as we play, that, you know, they're partaking. Is that in what the, In the day, sorry, I just wanted to say that, you know, Al Nelson from Hilton, uh, the punk rock scene, um, basically used to travel with about five or seven projectors and painlessly go through the venues and set up these loops and the projectors and have them playing and he would cross fade with pieces of paper that he'd string on up up with tape over the ceiling and everything it was it was unbelievable the, the amount of work that he used to go through in those old days like in the 80s to do those shows is that what got tipper gore from the pmrc mad at you why was tipper gore mad at you was it through your visuals or is it for your lyrics or what was tipper gore upset about skinny puppy well, I think there was a period where just anybody that, that represented, like, the dark morals had to be, you know, stamped. And I think that she... I, I, didn't, I didn't know if there was a direct, uh, a direct reason. Kind of like how when the Digit video got banned on Much Music, they thought that we were sending subliminal messages in the two bars on the top and bottom of the screen. Which is something you would love to do if you'd actually thought of that, but you never thought of doing <laughs> that, right? That. Like, you would have done it for sure. Thank you, Much Music, for the idea. Did you actually ever use that idea? No, no, we never did, uh, but um, it was nice to get blamed for it, though. Kevin Key, did you ever make it to Forrest Ackerman's house? You know, Forrest Ackerman, the legendary monster yes. guy. Yes, I did. I, I visited with him a few times with Ogre, who was a very good friend of Forrest until he passed away just this year. Because I never made it there. What did I miss? Is there still a chance to be able to go to his house? What happened? You know, I don't know what the state of it is now. I believe maybe his son or something has maybe possibly something to do it. Ogre would be able to answer that more clearly. But uh, what you would see there was basically, you know, the earliest props of like, uh, like uh, just unbelievable uh, collection of horror, uh, you know, props and stories and, and scripts and unbelievable stuff. And that's kind of what I wanted to think about was happy stuff with Skinny Puppy. For instance, like Dwayne, he was really into remote control cars, wasn't he? Dwayne from Skinny Puppy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he was, as a matter of fact. Because you don't really think of, like, skinny puppy and remote control cars, but I think he was, like, into playing, like, remote control cars with, like, opening bands, with, like, Tank Hog and stuff on your giant Too Dark Park tour. What can you say about Dwayne and remote control cars and stuff like that? Oh, man, I, there's, just, there's not somebody who I've ever missed. Like, it's been 14 years since he died, and I just swear I, I, my brain will not, will not let it go. I mean, obviously, I love the guy as a brother, but, like, it's it's a daily thing for me, you know. I mean, it's it, it's it's a thing that I, I have to keep him, you know, alive in my mind and just be happy. But Dwayne is such a great guy, such a great spirit, and 
you know, all of the things that I remember, like, yeah, I see remote control cars or, or video games of any kind, or, or just basically just his general spirit. It was just so soothing and, and so inspirational. I learned so much from Dwayne. He's such an amazing composer and such an amazing technical genius. It's just, so, you know, sadly missed, but one thing I realize is that when, you're, when you have time spent and you appreciate the time and you look back on it and you see that you, there's nothing more that you can do, you just have to do nothing more than, except learn from it and just live from what I learned from the master. So that's, that's how I live my life now. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. Kevin Key of Skinny Puppy coming next Thursday night to Celebrities for a DJ set. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Kevin? I look forward to White Spot. I look forward to the sitar. I look forward to the raga. <laughs> And the North Vancouver Safeway at 13th and Lonsdale. <laughs> the real test department, eh? The real test department. Presgos. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is gone. But the love affair is back, at least for one week yes, only. The love affair will be back. Please come down, everyone. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. Keep oh, by on. the way, I should mention that this is, there's going to be a lot of people there. We could practically do an Images in Vogue download, everything reunion all in one night there. I, I've heard from the sources that everyone's coming. Actually, speaking of Images in Vogue reunion, were you part of the Images in Vogue reunion? They did some reunion shows. Um, I wasn't, but I, I was actually speaking with Gary and Joe about how feasible it would be to put together a really, like, old-school images, like the very first show that we ever did, like, with old modular synthesizers and very, very, like, old Simmons drums and, like, like, like great stuff instead of, like, you know, trying to make it all new and, like, it, you know, just make it very much like what it was. It would be great. Actually, I saw some videos of that, like, you guys on Soundproof or maybe even playing at the Pit Pub, and it was amazing, and it's like, no, 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 no. You have a song that went, no, 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 Thanks, Nardwell. That's 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 what I was thinking too. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was it was totally amazing. It was really early images and folk. Well, thanks so much, Kevin Key. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do.